Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Today's talk is with Dr. Peebles, the owner of Pro Health Family Chiropractic in St. Louis, Missouri. She has a phenomenal book called Sex Sent Me to Chiropractic, which helps explain from a comic perspective, comical perspective, how chiropractic works, how it works for people, and how it works to get your overall body healthy. She has great bedside manner. She works in her own community she grew up in and understands the people around there and they see her as their chiropractor. She has done a phenomenal job getting people to understand how chiropractic works. That's my biggest thing with people. If you communicate our message as chiropractors more, people understand how to keep themselves healthy and gets people to stay healthy. She works with college athletes, understands how to get them to stay passionate about what they do and keeps them injury free. And she is a very passionate chiropractor. So you want to learn from someone how to not only treat people as a chiropractor, but also help people overall with good bedside manner. Listen to this talk today with Dr. Peebles, understand what she does to help her community stay healthy. That's the bigger picture. And the show notes has her uh, website, her Facebook page, even her Twitter too. And get to know her, get to know her. And if you're in St. Louis, Missouri, look her up and see her. She has great, great humor with her overall care. So enjoy talking talk to my friends. Again, show notes has highlights to previous podcasts as a YouTube or as a podcast app. Um, enjoy the week and I'll see you next week. Okay, Dr. Peebles, this is our topic today is why do chiropractors trust? Why do patients trust chiropractors? And biggest thing I, when I do my talks with professionals is communication is always the key. Dr. Peebles does a phenomenal job in her education, adding in entertainment also. Okay, that's the key. She has a book called Sex Send Me to a Chiropractor, which really exemplifies her passion to be a chiropractor to help people get healthy and stay healthy. In this interview, I want to really understand her desire and her personality, how she's really grown her practice to really exemplify her community to become healthier and stay healthy through her treatment and through education, through both her office and also community too. So my biggest thing to start off, Dr. Peebles, is why in, in, in Southern California, where I'm from Southern California, you're from, St. you're from St. Louis, Missouri, is it's hard to get into a private practice off the bat, get things going. Usually someone will be an associate, work in a small office, build into it. Why did you start your practice right away, want to get into it and get things going? Well, I, it wasn't even a thought. It was a natural progression for me. In okay. school, I was already making plans. I, that's actually when I created the name and actually established my practice was in school. Someone helped me and I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. So I didn't even hesitate. It was just natural for me to go into the next step of opening my practice. And I didn't think there was any reason why I couldn't do it. That's awesome. And and it's, and it's called Pro Health Family Chiropractic. Phenomenal. Why that name? Because the words really speak to what I believe in. I am for families and families literally just populate my office. When I say families, I'm talking eight people per family come in. So you can easily have a family reunion coming into my office. And it's so fun <laughs> when they are like, hey, I didn't know you were coming in today. And then it's all fun. That's awesome. Hopefully they bring food too. You know, I love no. when my patients bring food. They, they don't. They think I'm supposed to provide the food. <laughs> That's sad. That. And when you open the practice, was it just solo practice or do you have other modalities in your practices or other people in there too? Or what do you normally do? How do you set up your office? It's a solo practice. It okay. always has. When I first came out, I did start off renting space from another 
chiropractor who had a larger office. So I started small. As entrepreneurs, people need to know that it is okay to start small. I tell people my first treatment room was 100 square feet. Okay, 100 square feet, but everything I needed was in that square foot of, of practice space. I had my table, I had all my tools. I did not need a whole lot, but as I grew, so did my space. And so now I'm flourishing in an even bigger office space and I'm still solo and, and still looking to grow even more. And how did you get the courage to go from, okay, I'm gonna have my start my small space and then grow into a bigger facility. How, what gave you the courage, confidence to do that? My mother. Mm -hmm. My mother always encouraged me. She said, stay consistent, be determined, and stay focused. And I did those things. So with her behind me, steady encouraging me, even though, we're, let's be honest, when entrepreneurship, there are some moments when you're questioning a lot of things like, oh, is everything going to be okay? Are we mm -hmm. going to make it? But she remained solid as a as a rock for me in my background saying, hey, you can do this. It's going to take time. And watching her remind me that it does take time. Like I had to step back and really look at the progression for all professionals. Everyone starts at the bottom and then they build. But I had that. I had this beautiful picture in my head that I come out of school and bam, I am doing it. I am making all the money. I am. No, you have to start somewhere. The expectation is so high. It is. And then where does that come? Because I get the same thing too. When I came out of school or even going into school, is it because schools marketed as this great profession? You're going to make hundred plus thousand dollars the first year out. You just got to show up and people open the doors and people run to your doors. That's exactly where that that vision came from. I was like, oh, I really did choose the best profession. Look at me. <laughs> and then it's also the, the public speakers, the docs that come back. Yes, that was what gave me that expectation. Mm -hmm. But that's not realistic. And it doesn't matter which field you're in, not just chiropractic. In any field you're in, you have to start somewhere. I'm not going to say completely at the bottom, but you do have to start at the bottom to work your way up to the top. And so it does take years. It takes consistency and it does take work. It's it's amazing. I did I did a talk uh, last year at a graduate school up in Claremont called Keck Graduate School. And those students want to go in the med school, maybe chiropractic, whatever it is too. So they had first someone from the chiropractic school go and do a talk. And their talk was how great this school is. You're going to come out and do well. All you got to do is get your degree. School's fun. You'll have a great time here. And I and so my talk was, I listened to that talk. I'm like, okay, okay. My talk was the opposite. It's going to be hard work. Half your class will never graduate. You're going to come out with $100,000 plus in debt. Half of your students you graduate with, half of them five years later will be doing some else because they get burned out, they get tired, they don't succeed. So are you okay with this? Yes. They that, need that reality. Mm-hmm. Yes. Schools are, what? schools are profit organizations. They want your money. Sorry. That's what it is. So can you, again, use that system? That's fine. Get your degree, get your certifications, do your four-part boards. I think they still have four, right. four uh, state boards or four federal boards now. Get your degree, get your license, and then learn the foundational skills through mentors, through motivators like your mom. Find people who can help you get that process of getting into your mind 
that you can do because now you have the skills and build on those skills, correct? Correct. I absolutely agree. Did you learn how to learn how to adjust people in school, outside of school, or both? Mine was more outside of school. Interesting. I'm activator doctor. I'm activator method. I still do manual adjusting, diversified. I do Logan. So mm -hmm. those are my top techniques in my school. I'll be in my school, in my practice, rather. Yes. Majority of it did come from school. Okay. Okay. A nice percentage of it came from outside studying. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that enhanced what I learned from school. But it's a it's something you have to constantly keep working at and paying attention and studying, and that's how you become the expert within that field. It's that it's the old saying of you become an expert when you have the experience and knowledge, and it's ninety percent experience. Practice, yes. practice, practice. We're Absolutely. artists, correct? We're artists, I, so we have to do practice the art. Yes, sir. That Good. is very true. Where did you also learn? Because I've seen some of your videos too. Your bedside manner. I love it. That's what I'm saying. You do a great job communicating with entertainment. I'm not, I, I don't know where it comes from. I really don't, but <laughs> I, I try to just be myself. That's the best part. <laughs> and then I also like to really get a feel of my patient, my audience, not just my patient, because I do translate this across to the stage when I am performing or speaking but I've always liked entertaining and just having fun with it. <laughs> That's the best though. That's what you want. And when you said you do your talks, is it more in your office only or you do talk? I've, I've heard community or schools. It's out in communities. I've been public speaking. I've spoke at graduations and yet and still I bring a unique feature to that when I do speak there. But most of my talks have been for symposiums for meeting groups. I've even spoken for Square Company. I was speaking mm -hmm. across all their uh, their entities. So that was one of my international stages I've been on. It's been wonderful. And a lot of people will say too, I was listening to one guy talking about it. If you want to be an entrepreneur, which chiropractors are, right? We're business people along with running a business, along with practicing our art, helping patients, is you have to be genuine. Yes. And patients can see through that immediately. I, my, my patients share that with me so much. They say, you know, Dr. Peebles, I can really tell you love what you do. And I'm like, yes, because when they get it, I teach for them to be able to understand their bodies, but also to communicate because I tell my patients, don't you walk out this office and tell anyone anything and then say, I said it and you don't have it correct. Now teach it, say it back to me. What did I just tell you? Okay. You're not going to mess up my name out there because you can't get the information correct. No, you're going to learn it here. Then you go out and say, Dr. Peebles showed you. So they get a kick out of me kind of strongly encouraging them to learn their bodies and mm -hmm. learn how to communicate. Thus, they're able to advocate for themselves in other healthcare settings because yeah. they truly trust that they know what they know about their bodies. Mm -hmm. I tell my patients, you're your best doctor. You have to learn how to communicate it for you. And again, same thing. Education is great. I give, if they do something for me and they say it the right way, I give my senior patients a gold star. Yay, right? Simple, easy. But they're like, I think we gold star today. I'm like, yeah, not today. Maybe next time. You know? <laughs> Got to give them a little bit of more work to do. Correct. And going, going to your patients, what are the questions that your patients really ask the help 
when they, when they do the chiropractor? Why do they come into your office? When they first come into my office, they come with pain. I mean, mm-hmm. Just in general, my neck hurts, my back hurts, or my knee pops. But when they leave my office, I teach them a new language. Okay. Yes, you could come in and say, I have pain. But by the time by the time they've come here, by the third, fourth visit, perhaps, they now understand to speak to me in more details. Dr. Peebles, I am having headaches. They have been occurring for so many days. They're in the front of my head, the back of my head. My ear hurts. They're more specific. They're not saying just general neck pain because what I've done is I've taken their understanding and, and enhanced it by letting them know their neck pain could be related to this. Maybe you're not in pain. Maybe you're having some dysfunction with other areas. So when I connect those dots for them, our conversations are completely different now. Mm-hmm. How is your body language when they learn how to communicate properly about their body? So my <laughs> patients, <laughs> I do this little dance. I tell them I'm moonwalking. I have carpet in my office. So moonwalking across carpet is not conducive, but I do it anyway. And they're entertained. I get so excited. So when they get it, I'm like, yes. And I'm cheering for them. And so they feel really good about themselves, but I'm genuinely excited that they get it. You And I think a lot of it is we want patients to have an emotional response. So they remember what they did right. Correct. And if you, if we have to give them the emotion, we're going to do it to make sure they get, so next time they come back, I need to feel that again. I yeah. want to feel good. I don't care if it's here or it's in their body. I want a patient to leave feeling good no matter how they came in. Absolutely. Because the, as the saying goes, a person will remember how you make them feel, mm-hmm. but not necessarily what you said to them. So mm-hmm. if you can give them an emotional response, then you can expect a certain result, a certain return on that. And that. Coming into my office, people are always smiling. When they leave out my office, they're dancing. I'm kind of contagious like that. Fantastic. I have interns come to my office. They come and volunteer from their local schools. And they go, how come your patients are so happy? Because they'll they'll go and intern at a dentist or a medical office somewhere else too. And the staff are, "Eh." the doctors, "Eh." they come out, uh. And why is that? Why is that a good thing to have your patients leave happy? We know, but why, why, why would my audience not know? When they leave happy, that leads to more referrals mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes down to the bottom line. But mm-hmm. it also makes them want to come back. Sometimes mm-hmm. patients are coerced to come back to an office. Yep. Yep. I'd rather have someone who wants to be in my office than someone who has to be in my office. They're looking for a quality of, in my sense, big picture, quality of life goal for them to get themselves to feel healthy all the time. And if we can provide that, that link to get them there, why not? And they understand that. And I also pinpoint comparison. I'm always making comparisons so that they understand when you're not adjusted, do you notice that this occurs? But when you are adjusted, you're able to do that. And so now they know when they come in, I am going to be able to go to my children's football game and I'm not going to hurt afterwards, or I get to go to the mall with my daughters and hang out with them. Their quality of life has improved and they can actually quantify 
what is happening within their visits. And they can communicate that well with you and their family members, their friends, whatever it might be. Correct. Fantastic. This is, you're helping their life get better. Not just like you said, not just about their pain, their life improve. Yes. I, I, I don't know what else, why someone would not see a chiropractor for that reason. And that's, that's the sentiment my patients have. Once they've come to me, they've learned and they're experiencing everything. They When they're trying to communicate this to their friends and their friends are not getting it, they're like, I can't understand you. So they're now sharing the frustration mm-hmm. that we have. Like, why would you not do this? And Most they're like, that's- do. We're, we're usually the bad ones. Like we take that and we're good. I, I, can still, I can still crawl. I can't <laughs> walk, but I can crawl the work. I can so crawl. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm going to go. Yeah. Aren't your knees going to get cold because there's a little yeah. snow out there? Here. I tell, anyway. I tell them I have a walk in the back. If you want to use the walk, you might be faster with the walker. I yes. don't know. I might help you. Just a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. And, and with, it was, I saw some of your stuff too. How do you help people before surgery and post-surgical to help them improve to get through surgery, but also improve after surgery faster? How do you help them? So with the adjustments, I am already putting the body in its best position for the immune system to kick in and help with the healing process. The nervous system is communicating at its best to all the organs that need to play a role within the surgery process. It doesn't matter what surgery it is. So my patients know that if they have some type of procedure that they want to come in, ideally, I like three visits prior to the surgery. But if we can get at least one the day before or within a couple of days of the surgery, you still get results from get positive results from your surgery. And what is found that my patients actually heal faster than expected because they've been adjusted prior to their surgery. Mm-hmm. And then they come see me get adjusted again. And it even heals it speeds up the healing process from there as well. With as popular as you are in St. Louis, have you had any, I guess, want to call it uh, negative feedback from medical doctors or someone in the medical profession or someone like that? Not that I'm aware of. No, I, no. I do all the time. I, get I have not heard anything. <laughs> Actually. I, I, I get all the time. It may be mm-hmm. on a Facebook post or a oh. patient's husband said or my doctor said because sometimes I'll, I'll co-treat with a medical doctor. Okay. They may need something else done. My doctor says I don't need this. I'm like, fine. What do you think? Now right. you no, know, I go now that you're now that you have the knowledge, you have common sense. What's gonna what the, what what do you think is gonna be better for you? They go, all right. I'm not gonna. It, it, they get it. Right. I haven't had direct confrontation or direct communication mm-hmm. with anyone saying no, don't do that. However, I've had some blanket statements made to the patient that will say, eh, I don't think chiropractic's for you. You shouldn't do that. Or you shouldn't take your children to the chiropractor. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, your general practitioner cannot speak for a specialist. Good, good. And, And leave it at that. But also I share with them, you know what's going on. I'm explaining to you. So it's not guesswork. And the fact that I don't use only one technique to treat my patient. Mm-hmm. Most medical doctors only know about one treatment. They do not know all the tools that we have in our kit to take care of a patient with more force or less force. We have all those tools. 
So it's the lack of education on their part. And I, I do my best to send them information afterwards. Even if I've treated a patient, I say, would you like me to share this with your medical doctor? Yes or no. And then I break it down to them and send them the information, the facts and the resources that they can refer to later. But And because you built trust with the patient, you are communicating with the patient. They already trust you. They're just like, sometimes it might just be, hey, what do you think about what the doctor said here or did this? I've had, I've had people come to me who had, for example, severe migraines went to the ER because it's that severe. And the nurse will say, well, don't see a chiropractor. They'll, they'll cause a stroke. And, uh, and I've already seen that patient for three, four years. Like, what's the yeah. chances now? So it's something to where sometimes you got to take who's saying it, what information you're getting from, and how have you done a good job as the chiropractor, as their, I want to say, primary care physician for some people to make sure they understand their body, that you've built that trust, that relationship with the patient. That is so true. I had, you reminded me of a patient. She had taken her mom. Her mom had come to me. Her hip was hurting. Ah, okay. She had been taking her mother to all these other doctors. I take it back. She said her leg was hurting. And I'm watching her walk. And I was like, no, it's her hip. It's not her leg. But I said, you know what? Let's do an x-ray. Let's get it looked at. Everybody, they have been doing other things to her to help her leg and her knee. And once we x-rayed her, we found out her hip was no longer existing. Okay, it was <laughs> it wasn't even there. Was there was like, no choice. It was just one bone. It was uh, I said, well, ma'am, that's why you have pain. That that's why you can't walk. That's why well, her daughter said, and this was just so funny to me because they told her, Well, don't take her to the chiropractor. She said, I will take my mother to a veterinarian if I have to, if that's going to fix her hip pain. But she is going to this chiropractor because it was the chiropractor that figured it out. And mm-hmm. we have been running through here for the longest. So with that being said, building trust yep, yep. really makes a difference because then they are standing firmly behind you and saying, no, she knows her information. Mm-hmm. You said even bringing other family members that, hey, I trust her. She may even say, I don't know. Versus, let me just make sure she can do something, at least some guidance, where to go next. What the, like, so the x-ray is huge. Boom, you Correct. see it right there, done. Right, very much so. But yeah. I love educating. I love giving the information to my patients. And I go so far as I have diagrams in my office. I have a spine. I point it out and I show them the connection between this is why this nerve, this nerve is connected to this symptom. And I go down the line for them. And so they get it. And that's why they come to me first sometimes. Most people learn when people learn through video, through audio, through through tactile. So it's how they learn, right? You have to be we have to be able to adapt how we teach or educate based on how they're learning process so they understand the material, understand help their own bodies. Right. And because people rec they remember a picture easily. They, they may not remember the words that they're seeing or reading, but they can generally remember a picture. So when I adjust them and then I report, I have a little diagram that I record my adjustings on. And so in their head, what they see is a bunch of highlights. 
and their goal is to get the number of highlights down to one or none on the page. So that is, <laughs> that's their objective. So they come in and they say, let me see how many highlights, how many pinks do I have on there today? Perfect. <laughs> like, and I don't it's know. Just a little game to them. You know, but, yeah, but does that help improve their health? Yes. This yes. Is the plan. yes. Because now they're anticipating. They're anticipating. Yes. They have a goal that's not my goal for them, but it's their own goal. Like, okay, I've been doing well. I've been stretching. I've been walking. I feel great. I shouldn't have that many pink marks today, Dr. Peters. Perfect. And you're yeah. getting emotional response in their head. Anticipate, 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 and motivate to get the next thing done. Yes. Boom. Done. Going to athletes now, how do you help athletes, Dr. People? What do you what do you know me do? Oh my goodness. The same. Just I've I've heard a lot, but I want to hear from you. How what what's your how do you educate them? How do you help them? What's your result you get? When I adjust them, mm -hmm. I make it specific to their sport. I make it Good. specific to what they can and cannot do. Good. Recently, I've been working with a high school in which I'm adjusting all their athletes, male and female wrestlers, male and female basketball and football. For example, with my basketball players, there's this mm -hmm. one senior, he comes in, he had never seen adjusting in person, but the exactly. fact that I'm doing activator methods to do the adjustment, he was already like that. He was like, I, I'm not going to be, you're not going to be able to bend my knee. My knee has been hurting for over a year. I can't walk and bend my knee. I was like, oh, okay. Go ahead and lay face down. Let's see what we can do. Once I adjust them, I'm, I'm moving the muscles. I'm lining the joints. Once I release some of the muscle tension and release their piriformis, he was amazed. I still hadn't even adjusted his knee yet. And I could bend his knee. And he was like, oh my goodness. So when I do finish completely adjusting him, from head to toe and he stands up, his teammate sees him and says, dude, are you crying? That is so impactful for them to understand that my body needs to be in line to perform the activities that I want. And the other thing that they see is the before when they struggle to walk, run, do a hop or a certain basketball move or drill and then get adjusted and see that they can do it with more ease it's like, okay, what did you do? They're hungry for it. How do I maintain this? How many times do I need to come back and do this? Because I want to be my star player, okay? I want to be the best player that I can be. I want to run as fast as I can. I want to do it without pain. Now they're hungry. So you got to put it in the perspective that in which that they can understand and how is it useful to them. So with each athlete, basketball, wrestling, swimmers, I, sure. I'm definitely working with swimmers as well. When they see their time drops, they can quantify what I've done mm -hmm. for them. When they see that, that they can move their arms to perform the strokes because I've released the muscles around their chest, shoulders, back, and neck, they get it. They're like, oh, my time dropped. I'm faster today. I need to go back and get adjusted. You're, you're helping them not only physically get to a better athletic state, but also emotionally too. Correct. They have an injury, right? They're yes. fearful. They're anxious. Am I going to do this forever? Do I have? Do I have to be careful? Versus now, I can be aggressive, improve my times, push my body to build my self confidence, and also my body can improve. So, my overall life again, you know this. If they have confidence, is it just in their sport? Is it just swimming? It's no. 
It's everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then I, I tell them, the only reason you think you can't is because your confidence is shot. But if I'm adjusting you and you know now you're getting good sleep at night, your body's healing, you feeling stronger, you're feeling like you can move, your your confidence and self-esteem goes through the roof. And so now you're excelling not only as an athlete, but now you're excelling in how you communicate within your studies, how you communicate at work. All of those factors, all of those places are impacted by you being adjusted and your mood is enhanced and your confidence is increased. Has any parents called you and asked you, what do you do to my kid? My son or daughter? Not exactly. What they've said was, thank you. I don't know what you did to my kid. <laughs> I have a completely different child. What do you do to my kid? I'm like, uh, why? Because it feels so much better. But of course, that's what it is. Of course. Of course. Of course. Of course. We do. We do. <laughs> yes. Moving on to your book, Sent sex, sent sex Sent Me to the Chiropractor. How has that been accepted? Why did you write it? Give me the big picture. Okay. When it comes, I'm... Yeah. I love teaching about chiropractic, mm -hmm. but people are not running to learn about chiropractic. They're just not. They're not saying, oh, let me find out. They're not going to pick yeah. up a book to read about not chiropractic. Number one, Google, right? number one Google is not chiropractic. Got it. It's not. It's not. That is not the number one Google. So when it comes to marketing, marketing occurs in three aspects, mm -hmm. money, drugs, and sex. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you're not coming to learn about chiropractic about the money yeah we don't prescribe nope. so now i gotta get your attention through sex mm -hmm. most people want to know how they're performing how does sex it's it's entertaining it makes them giggle it okay what could possibly be connected between sex and needing to go to the like what am i doing that will yeah. send me to the chiropractor so that's where they're starting good you take what people know bring them in and you teach them something new good so with sex sent me to the chiropractor the book is really about the benefits of chiropractic on the sexual reproductive system and its functions but sex sent me to the chiropractor so yes in the book we do talk about how some sexual acts come in that will send you to the chiropractor but being sexy can send you to the chiropractor ladies wearing heels or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. that can send you to the chiropractor menstrual cycle issues erectile dysfunction, pregnancies, postpartum, those issues can send you to the chiropractor and you can have benefits from our care to enhance those situations. So the book just spends, it, it gives you a very entertaining perspective on how chiropractic can benefit you outside of thinking it's only for athletes, it's only for people who've been in an accident. It's almost, you're, you're trying to almost market by doing one pinhole subject and then broad once you get them in boom then you expand it out to the whole life correct boom their mindset their physicality their confidence their work their qual everything quality of life all of that is in that book you absolutely right congratulations thank you <laughs> it's amazing when when again on when you're a chiropractor if you're thinking about being a chiropractor or looking at chiropractic you have to be able to market yourself your business through the profession if sure. you can do that through education through entertainment you're you're the 9.9 percent .9 of chiropractors that do it are comfortable are confident or have built the confidence over time or have a mentor that helped you at that point you'll be successful very true 
if schools qualified people on that, we'd have a lot more so we'd have a lot more successful chiropractors that got through school and then were successful because they worked hard at those things. And in addition to that, we will mm -hmm. be reaching more population Huge. and getting them to be more informed about what it is that we do because mm -hmm. now they're seeking it. I'm not saying that they're not seeking it now because the numbers have increased. Yes. But if we continue to be spokespersons as you and I are, mm -hmm. we're going to continue to reach more and more and more because those friends are going to tell more, creating that ripple tide and saying, hey, come in and try it out. You need to you need this. I don't see how you're living without this. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I met a chiropractor years back um, through COVID, he did okay. I spoke to him, I ran into him a couple weeks ago and, I, and he goes, man, I just can't get through that number of patients I want to see. I just can't grow my practice. I go, I go, how's your social media marketing? He goes, I don't do any. Do you do any talks, any case stuff? No, I gave him this look. <laughs> and he goes, I know. But uh, unless someone's been taught that, I don't know how to motivate them to go, look, you're, you have good hands. You have good technique. You just have to have people hear it, see it wherever they're looking, like you said, visual, audio, whatever it is, wherever they're looking, can you get your message out? So when they're ready for a chiropractor, again, you know this, it's not if they need, if they need a chiropractor, it's when they need a chiropractor, when their back goes, neck goes out, someone tells them about it, they know where to go. Correct. And there's not enough of, of us voices out there saying that. That is true. And we need to do better. We, we need, a lot of times, they can't do it because they themselves are lacking a certain amount of confidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you are lacking, you cannot pour into others. No. So if you are struggling to feel confident in about what you do and how you're impacting people, then people, your patients will pick up on it. They mm -hmm. will pick up on it and then they will be. Eh. Well, and then are you again, this goes back to your passion. Are you talking to them and are are you sincere about the message here in your heart or in your head? Both. Good. And they some people are just in their head. I'm just going to send information, but you don't feel it. You don't feel that passion that that they need to genuinely see to make them passionate about getting healthy, about following through the care, about coming in back again, because it's going to take time to heal. It's not a one-time thing. Correct. And you have to explain that. But that's the other thing. We have to be upfront and tell mm -hmm. them what to expect. Mm -hmm. Do not assume. I I do not teach with assumption. And so sometimes they're like, well, I know that. I don't know that you know that. So I want to make sure I know what you know and then give you the information. And then we can continue to have the conversation that is necessary to progress in your treatment, to progress and go home and explain to others what it is. And I was so patients. I'm not here to just treat you. I'm here to help you handle the stress of your day. So unless like you said, unless you know what their stressors are, it's hard to just pull stuff out of a hat. I'm not, right. I don't like telepathy. I didn't, I didn't learn telepathy in school. It wasn't a technique we learned. I don't know. Right. Right. With yours, how do you remember every patient? Well, that's a good question. Where is that? Where does that come from? <laughs> the experience. <laughs> It's the experience that we have, the conversations that we have that make them unique. Mm -hmm. There are certain exchanges that may occur. I, I don't know. When I see my patients, when they come to the door, I also tell my patients, 
I don't know you're on the schedule till you come to the door. So I am genuinely like, hey, it is so good to see you. Because I like the surprise. I know who's on the schedule. I'll glance at it. Yeah. yeah. I know who I know that this time, this time. I know my slots. But at the same time, I don't commit the name to it because I like looking happy and excited to see them, which I am. Mm -hmm. So when they come in, then I'm okay. This is what's going on with this person. This is what and and I have fun with it. That's how I remember certain things. It's almost something clicks, right? You see their face, you see their name. Hey, and how's how's your brother Johnny doing? Correct. And how's your trip to Hawaii last month? You know, yes. it's almost like there's something in my intern say this. How do you remember everyone's name? Like, I don't know. It's just somewhere in there, unconsciously, it pops in your head. Mm -hmm. Who they yes. are, you have that personal connection with them, even though it's again, it's a professional, personal connection, they understand that you know them. Right. Yes. And my patients have been with me for years and mm -hmm. years. So that helps build it up as well. Mm -hmm. And then the, the consistency at which they're coming in, the frequency they're coming in, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm seeing you and you're making it important to come in, it helps me to be reminded of you. I will tell you, my patients are selfish. They're real selfish about their time slots and they want the other patients to hurry up and get out get off the table but there's the fun banter that they have in the office you wouldn't be able to tell that my patients don't know each other good if you were to just come in they're good. like all right now take your time but hurry up every chance you get i want to get on that table <laughs> and they just have fun like that i told someone like he's on he's on his phone table I'm like hey dude i have two people waiting let's go it's not a 7-eleven you gotta use yeah. your time like time's up <laughs> time you know you know it's not your first day Come on. Yes. And it's funny. I love how some of the patients were like, I got to go. My chiropractor here. <laughs> I got I to gotta get on this table. And they hurry up and hang up on there. And their friends are like, is it that serious with your chiropractor? Yes. And they act like I'm only their chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no yeah. one else is. <laughs> so it is It's very fun. That makes it easy to really learn them and laugh with them. We're in there singing. We're in there dancing. My long hallway is like the dance, the the soul train line i mean even my oldest patients come dancing out there so it's just awesome. fun in my office I, I love to go into a room when someone's on the phone i sit there for a second like okay i'll be right back we'll treat two more people and i'll come back he's like no no hang up i'm like it's up to you yep i'll leave okay. right now we gotta keep it rolling <laughs> also too last question why is community and being the community and and supporting the community with your health benefits and just your overall person being there why is that important to you we're not ever meant to be a solo act. We're not meant to be alone. There's, we have to be interdependent. We have to have some kind of community and interactions with others to thrive. You can't do this by yourself. Mm -hmm. So in order for people to know who you are, first you have to connect. I've, I was born and raised in St. Louis. I was laying down the groundwork way back when I was a child creating those contacts a lot of my patients believe it or not are really classmates and their families and their wow. parents their parents remember me as young danielle so those people became my patients and then joining or the other organizations along the way just broadened my network so i was already placing the roots down that's why it was easy for me to choose to go into practice as well i already knew i was going to have my own private practice from early on when I decided I wanted to be a doctor. It's amazing when you have that reputation 
um, as any, any, any age you're in, teenage years, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and people know who you are. And Absolutely. you can put that trust at that, like I said, ground level and let that seed develop over time. Yes. And whenever I'm teaching or I'm doing motivational speeches, mm -hmm. I remind my audience, you never know who is watching you. You never know who's listening to you. So always be cognizant of how you carry yourself. Do not think you have an off moment. I will share this funny story. My mother always said, when you walk out this house, you make sure you dress up and look appropriate because you never know who you're going to run into. And this one particular day, I just did not want to trust what my mother said. No, I didn't want to believe it. I got to test them. I got a tester. So I went to Sam's Club. I was like, I only need one thing. I just got to run in here real quick. I didn't get one thing. Exactly. I didn't get, I didn't, you can't go to the store. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I even tried to go down the aisle that people typically do not populate. Back here, backside. Yep. Yes. So I had, I think I had, my hair wasn't really done that day. I think I had like a little pinhole in my shirt. I was not looking the best. I was like, I'm going to run in here and I'm going to come right back. And when I got to the end of this aisle, that no one populates. There was a person that walked past and they said, oh, Dr. Peebles. Uh, I'd never even seen this. I couldn't even, I couldn't tell you who the person was. It wasn't even a patient. It was from a football team. One of the parents that had seen me doing sports physicals. They was like, hey, Dr. Peebles. And then they say, come here. And they pointed to someone. It was like, this is Dr. Peebles. And I was like, this is not the time to be Dr. Peebles. It just isn't. Nope. Mm. You hope to tell your mom that? I did. And she said, didn't I tell you? Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it me? <laughs> I know I told you. So from that day on, you do not catch me even going to the trash can looking crazy. No, the night. No, the night. Still Just in case up. the dump truck come down and the driver knows me. <laughs> I do not go out that door looking crazy. <laughs> it's that it's that sometimes that first impression too, right? You want to have it that. And it, it just being professional, you know, being personal, just being, being, presentable to the community. Yes, because yes. people are going to associate that image with mm -hmm. the name. And that's going to be the first thing that pops up in their mind when they're trying to tell other people about you. So it's how you always present yourself. You never know who's going to have to speak on your behalf mm -hmm. in your absence. And when you're in the community this much as you as you do, and I do this too, you realize you don't, you don't know who everyone is in the audience. You, you don't know, know their, their parents, their kids, that they're going to hear from down the line or the video they're watching that they don't even, you don't know who they are. But that can is you make sure you have that all the time as your genuine personality. So you don't have to think about it. I've had people come into the gas station. Hey, you were speaking at my children's graduation. I was like, really? Sure. Two years ago, huh? That's wonderful. I've had students when I was teaching at St. Louis College of Health Careers, I've had students come in and say, I saw you speaking at this grad, I saw you at the graduation and now I'm a student and they were so excited and thrilled. So you never know who's in the audience. You never know who you're going to impact, whose paths you're going to cross. So mm -hmm. give them your best self as much as you can and the rest will fall in place. It's amazing when, when you think about that, um, how many people don't and they suffer. And it's not that hard to do, but again, it takes time to want to do it genuine, sincerely for one too. That's all comes down to. I remember Dr. Versendahl, and the other day was the anniversary of his passing, but Dr. Versendahl created context reflex and uh, I can't think of the last word, assessment, yeah. CRA. And 
I remember him saying, people care about people who take care of themselves. People care about those who care for themselves. And so he was just saying, make sure you take care of yourself and put yourself in your best light. Those are the people that are going to be remembered. How did they take care of themselves? And even to this day, when I think about him, I'm like, he was this tall, handsome guy and he wore this. The imagery is what I do remember. So yes, I do make sure that I give my best self every time I walk out the door, every time I walk in the office. You're almost expecting, you're the example of what standard you want to set for yourself, your community, and for your office. Yes, because I can't teach you and expect you to do, and I don't do it myself. I, I can. Let me take it back. I can. There are a yeah. lot of people who do tell you to do things and expect you to do what they say, but I try to be the model so that you have a point of reference for what does it look like if I am actually doing what I'm supposed to do or doing what I would like to do that's going to enhance my health. So just as much as my patients go to the chiropractor, I remind them I go to the chiropractor every week so that I can continue to take care of you. Good. Again, be the example for one too. Yes. What's a good takeaway, Dr. Peebles, for our show? I know your, your time's limited, so I want to I I respect that. What's a good takeaway from our topic of Patients, why do they trust their chiropractors? The best takeaway is that the education that we have, we want to share that with you. We want you to know just as well how to take care of you as much as we are. Trust yourself. You know you better than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Do not doubt it. Do not sweep it under the carpet. Trust what you know and then share the world. Share it with sure. the world. Good, good, good. And Dr. Peebles, Aiden, you're saying Lewis Pro Health Family Chiropractic. And the show notes have all the links to your website, your Facebook, and also your Twitter, too. Correct. Instagram yet? Can we not talk about that right now? Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> That's, I have an Instagram. I'm like that person. I have an Instagram. Yeah. I don't post often. Don't. You, you have enough stuff out there. I don't worry about you. <laughs> when, you when you go to your website, her website, You'll see videos. You'll see a bunch of things. You don't have to go anywhere else. Just go to a website. You'll learn exactly what Dr. People does to help her community, her patients stay healthy. Yes, all right? I'm all about a one-stop shop. Thank you for being the show. Hang out for one second. I'll be in the back, back office, and we'll we'll finish up, okay? Okay, thank you. Thank you again. Uh, right here. And then got to push the button there, and we're good to go.